It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email back to the book broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Well, once again, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to Back to the Book. Um, we're going to continue our thought this week on Nineveh and how they picture repentance. We did not finish that up last week, and uh, we would like to finish that up this week if if the Lord would help us and uh, maybe move on a little bit more. I've, I've just enjoyed this going through Jonah, um, seeing a whole lot of different little truths and things, and Lord willing, I'll be able to bring them out to you as, as we go through some of it, and it might not all be quite in perfect order. Uh, Sure, there is others that could do a much better job, but we're going to do the best that we can with what we've been given. Um, take, if you would, and turn your Bibles to Jonah in chapter 3. Jonah in chapter 3. And um, we're going to we'll read the whole chapter. We'll do a quick review of where we, we kind of covered last week. And then we'll get into some new territory once again. The Bible says in Jonah chapter 3 and verse 1, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, even to the least of them. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, Taste of anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. Now we looked last week at, I'll just kind of summarize real quick, we looked at the revelation of truth that they had been given. God sent a man of God with a message to them. God sent the truth their way. Then we see there was the recognition of truth, where when the man of God came preaching the truth, they didn't fight it, but we see that they accepted it. They knew it was a word sent from God. We said they believed it, they took it serious, and they acted on it. Then we looked at the realization of judgment. When they heard the message that God has said, and they realized that this is a message from God, and believed it in their heart, at the same time they realized the awful state that they were in. There was a sense of conviction, I believe, 
of the awfulness of their sin and and the reality of their coming judgment, very soon coming judgment. What Jonah had said is, yet forty days and Nineveh shall be destroyed. But I want to look today, moving on from that, on the reaction to the truth that they heard. Now, as I've said already, in this chapter, in chapter 3, there is a perfect picture of repentance. Really, if you go back, you could say there's a, a picture of believers' repentance in the chapter behind, and we may get to look at that later, but we're looking at Nineveh, and really, the picture of salvation that is here, the, we believe that repentance is necessary for salvation, but when we say that, in today's society, we have to define what we mean by repentance. Because there's a lot of people out there that believe that repentance is a work. They think it's quitting of an action, or maybe they think it's it's some sort of emotion, heavy emotion that you're to feel, or sorrow. I want to biblically try to point it out, and from this story show as well what goes on. Repentance is not a work, but yet God did require repentance with salvation. Jesus said when he was on this earth, <coughs> excuse me, he said, Except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. And we find that throughout the Word of God, repentance is preached, repentance is necessary for salvation. There's the verse that says, For godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation. And we'll deal with some of that as we go on. But I want to stress the fact that repentance is necessary for salvation. Now, what is repentance? Well, first of all, but before we even get to that, I want to show you the reaction to the truth. And then we will show you what repentance did in their life. What the evidence of repentance was. And I think you'll see the parallels to how it should be showing up in our lives today as Christians, and when a person gets saved, there ought to be evidences of that salvation in their life. And when there's not, it makes their salvation, or their profession, I should say, highly suspect to whether or not it was really true and genuine, or whether it was just something trying to get the, the conscience to calm down, trying to uh, put a little bit of cold water on the, on the fire or the heaviness that they had in their heart, so to speak. I want to show you this first. There's one of three reactions that we see in God's Word. When you hear the truth, there's one of three ways that you can respond to it. Now, all the things I, I dealt with last week, for repentance to be able to happen, first of all, there has to be a revelation of truth. There has to be that recognition of truth. And there has to be that realization of the judgment. Without those things, repentance isn't going to be able to happen. But when all this happens, when the truth is presented, then there's got to be a reaction to that truth. And we've maybe somewhat touched on this. If we were to go to, I believe it's Acts, where Paul preaches on Mars Hill, I believe it is, the Bible says that some mocked, some said, we'll hear thee again on this matter. But then there was a certain group that believed, and that, I believe the Bible says, clave to Paul. They, they, certain men that just grasped it, took a hold of it, and they stayed with Paul. And that's the three, I believe we could say, biblical reactions to truth when it's heard preached. 
Now, two of them, you really could boil it down to two. Two of them are rejecting God. One of them is receiving Him. There's the mocking some when they hear the truth. They're going to make fun of it. They don't believe it. They just don't want anything to do with it. Then there's those, they'll put it off. They'll say, you know, it might be right, but I'm just not ready for it right now. We'll hear you again on it. I'll give it more thought later. I'm too busy right now. I'm too preoccupied with other things going on in my life. And if they're not careful, they put off accepting Christ. And it's another form of rejection. <clears throat> but we find that last group, when they heard the words of Paul, they accepted it. They believed it. They received that truth. And we find Nineveh doing the exact same thing right here. You don't. There's no record of anybody rejecting it. But the entire city receives that truth. Let me just go ahead and read this little this section here again. In, starting in verse 5. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For word came unto the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and satin ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout or through Nineveh by decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock taste of anything. Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way, from the violence that is in their hands. I'm going to stop there. We see, first of all, so the people of Nineveh believed God. When they heard that truth, they believed it. Now, just by, by way of going through this, this is maybe barely departing from the subject, is belief enough to save somebody? I'm going to say no. It's not. And I may elaborate a little more on this later as well, but... If they had heard that message, said, yep, we know that message is true, but had done nothing about it other than agreeing with it, would they have been spared? And the answer is no, they would not have. So while they believed the message, they had to act on that message if something was going to happen. We know from James, and I'll, I'll read it later on, maybe tomorrow when we get to it, but faith without works, is dead. We need to differentiate between two different kinds of belief here. Because there's a lot of people today that think that as long as they believe in the truth, they're going to be fine. There are two different kinds of belief. One is the head knowledge. It's useless, dead, dull, dry facts. It changes nothing. It does nothing. It really doesn't mean anything to that person. It's practically, I mean, empty information, random facts. I'm afraid to a lot of people that's exactly what the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is to them. They know a lot of people, and especially in our area, a lot of people know that Jesus came, he died, he was buried, he rose again. They say they believe it, they've been taught it from a child up. But it's just head knowledge. It's done nothing for them. It's changed nothing in their life. They, 
pretend to be good Christians on Sunday, but the rest of the week, they live how they want to. It's never made a difference in their heart. They've never truly accepted it for themselves. Do they believe it as this list of facts? Yes, but it's just an intellectual belief. It's not a heart belief. It's not an emotional belief. The other, you have this head knowledge. The other is what I would call heart knowledge or heart belief. And it's something that affects everything. It makes a difference in the person that has that belief. I was trying to rack my brain of maybe a, a little illustration I could use to bring across the, that point. And I'm not sure that this is maybe the, the greatest one. But I, I've said this before. I know that there are other planets and things outside of our solar system, other stars. It's head knowledge. But can I just be honest with you? It does absolutely nothing for me. I don't really care. It, it, it's of no use to me whatsoever. I'm not having to use it to navigate anywhere. I'm not having to, to I mean, do anything with that knowledge whatsoever. I just, you know, it's just knowledge I've got that means nothing. To some people, that's all that knowledge of Christ is. They know it. They know it's true. They believe it intellectually. It's a, a fact that they take, like they would read a newspaper, you know, uh, that's the news. But may I say to the person, maybe especially in old times, that those um, mariners or whatever, the, the shipmaster, they would use those, that was their compass, so to speak. It was how they could tell their directions. To that person, it means a lot more than just some mere empty, dead, dry fact. It means something to him. He's acted on it. That's the kind of belief we need to have in God, in the gospel, if it's going to make a difference in our life. Nineveh here, they didn't just get an intellectual belief, and that's what I want to point out. They believed it in their heart, and it changed their actions. It changed how they were going to live. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email Back to the Book Broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwallen.org.